Welcome to the Happy Homebirth Podcast, your source for positive natural childbirth stories and your community of support, education, and encouragement in all things homebirth and motherhood. Raise your hand if you find yourself having a competitive streak. My hand is raised. Hey there, happy home birthers, and welcome to episode 78 of the Happy Home Birth Podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Fusco, and I'm really looking forward to discussing this competitive side of nature and how sometimes it can really hinder us postpartum. Now, we're going to be discussing this with today's guest, Chelsea, who was a triathlete before getting married and getting pregnant, and we're going to see how this really affected her postpartum recovery experience, and she learned some great lessons along the way. Now, Chelsea just had her third baby in the meantime of recording this, so when we recorded it, she was 23 weeks pregnant. She has since had her baby just a few days ago, so I want to say congratulations to you, Chelsea, and I can't wait to hear more details about how that birthing experience has gone, and I know you are taking your postpartum healing super seriously this time, so it'll be really great to check in with you soon. So let's dive into business really quickly. If you wouldn't mind taking a screenshot of you listening to this episode and posting it to your Instagram stories, tagging happy home birth podcast, and maybe even hashtag give birth on your turf. That would be so grand. You guys know that that helps people find the show. It means the world to me. So thank you so much for being a wonderful advertisement to others that, Hey, home birth is pretty cool. All right, now let's go ahead and jump into the episode. Please remember that the opinions of my guests may not necessarily reflect my own and vice versa. Neither one of us are medical professionals, so continue to see your doctor, midwife, or if you're like me, your chiropractor. Chelsea, thank you so much for coming on the Happy Home Birth Podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to do this. Like, it's crazy to me. (laughs) (laughs) That makes it all the more exciting for me. I can feel your energy, and it is great. (laughs) Well, why don't we get started? If you wouldn't mind, would you just introduce yourself to the listeners? Sure. Um, I'm Chelsea. I am a Midwest transplant to Virginia, and I am married to my husband, Robbie. We have two boys, a three-year-old and a 21-month-old, so he'll be two this spring. And then I'm currently pregnant with our third, and we're due in June. At some Congratulations. Those. <laughs> That's awesome. That's great. Yep. June yeah. birthdays. Lillian was born last June. I really... I really enjoyed the June birthday. I don't know how, when your others were born. Well, my oldest was born in October and I loved it because in Virginia, the weather is just beautiful Mm. and you have a nice, like, it doesn't really start getting cold until January. So you have like that time, but it's not like super hot. And then my second was born in May, which was okay, Mm -hmm. but man, having a newborn in the summer and chasing a toddler, I love baby wearing, but man, we would be like soaked just from like all the time. So, I mean- I liked the, you know, the summer babies, but I kind of prefer fall babies. But, I know, get that. I'm okay I can, with you. It's okay. I can get that. <laughs> my, my husband gets four weeks off, so he's like super excited to have like the summer four weeks. Oh, holiday. good. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I would love to um, to start with your first. You know, you you told me before we started that you have had home births with both yes. so far, and uh, are, you're planning a home birth with your third. Yeah. So. What was that like? What made you decide to go with a home birth from the very beginning? So um, home birth was always an option to me simply because my mom had four home births. 
Oh, wow. Um, well, she actually had nine kids. So the first five were in a hospital, the last four were at home. Um, her sixth, no, fifth. The, well, the first home birth was supposed to be with the midwife, but the midwife lived like two hours away. And so it was like super foggy that morning that she like went into labor and the midwife nowhere near made it. And so my dad, who is a dairy farmer, was like, I deliver calves and animals all the time. It's not that big of a deal. It's just a baby. And so then they went completely unassisted for the next three, like no prenatal appointments, no ultrasounds, nothing. So like for me, it was like completely normal, you know, to have your kid at home. So um, and I was okay with not having a home birth, so I thought, because mm -hmm. I didn't ever think that I would marry someone who'd be okay with that. Mm. So I'd always just assume that, you know, I would always like have a hospital birth. And then we got pregnant, I would say like probably nine months after we got married. And as soon as I found out I was pregnant, I was like, there's no, I just can't do it. I work in the health, I work in the medical field and like, you know, I've been in the hospitals and there is a time and place for mainstream medical. I'm not, you know, putting it down by any means, but I was just like, I don't have enough trust in the mainstream medical system to feel comfortable giving birth in a hospital. Right. So I told my husband, I was like, I really want to try for a home birth. Let's, let's just talk to midwives and kind of like see how it goes. And my husband is like amazing. He was totally open to the idea. And so we found our first midwife and he loved her. Like every single appointment we went to, every time we left, he would be like, I just love our midwife so much. She's so Aww. awesome. And so through that, like he has also, like he would ne also never have a baby in the hospital because he just loves the home birth like so much. Right. Oh, that's great. Yeah. That's really, that's really funny though. Like, yeah, I just assumed I'd have my birth in a hospital and then I got pregnant and I was like, okay, just kidding. Actually, now that it's here, we're going to go ahead and just do this at home. <laughs> yeah. Like gut feelings are a real thing, you know? Mm -hmm. So get on board husband because. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, I know. And I mean, he, I have ton, like, you know, I'm very much more like a natural minded person and I grew up more that way. He did not, but he has been so open to like everything. Like he's open to like discussing things and like, it's been really awesome. So that is great. I, yeah, I'm same with you over there. I mean, I didn't grow up supernaturally. I just kind of became, I evolved into this, uh -huh. <laughs> but I evolved into this before I met my husband and he right. was, not, he was not on, on the same page, but he has been so great. He has gotten on the page. Like right. yep. so he's, my husband. he's writing the book. I mean, like he yep. is totally in it. So I, I feel you there. That is, that is such a great feeling to have a partner that, that really gets it. Oh, a hundred percent. I can't imagine like not doing it with somebody who didn't completely agree or wasn't open to like what you were, you know, thinking or feeling. So yeah, definitely, definitely add, adds a lot. So that's awesome. Well, okay. Yep. So what was that experience like for you guys? So it was really, I mean, I had a super, I mean, very low risk, completely uneventful. Um, I was really active before getting pregnant. My husband and I actually met doing triathlons. So I was like really big into triathlons for a long time. Um, I was really big into running. So I worked out pretty much my entire pregnancy, um, mainly like walking towards the end and stuff. But yeah, I was like really active. I, for some reason, thought that... I would have my baby early. I don't know why. <laughs> my mom had her kids, all of her kids fairly early. And then my sister had her first two, like almost two weeks early. So I was oh, like, well, of course.
course I would have my baby early, right? Right. No, no. <laughs> <That's okay. laughs> no. So, um, when it was, when we passed our due date, I was just like, okay, this is ridiculous, but you know, it happens like it's fine, whatever. And so, um, I was working at a clinic at the time, like full time. So I worked up until my due date. And so I worked on a Friday and I had my first on a Sunday, which mm. turned out perfect. I mean, didn't have to worry about like driving home from work, you know, and labor or whatever. So, right. Very nice. Well, yeah. so, okay. So as you were, did you have any signs, you know, the days leading up that it was, it was happening soon or was it kind of like on Sunday? None whatsoever. Happened. So I had a ton of Braxton Hicks with my first, they started around 17 weeks and um towards the end like i would time them at work because i kept texting my midwife like are these contractions like am i going into labor because they were literally like three minutes apart mm -hmm. and so i would time them at work and i would have like 90 plus like you know Ooh. day after day and you know breast and hicks aren't necessarily painful or anything but it can be annoying right and so it was kind of weird because i was a first-time mom i didn't really know like what to you know what labor was you know so um but yeah, Sunday morning I woke up, I, it was like 7.45 in the morning and I went to the bathroom and I wiped and there was blood on the toilet paper. Uh, and so I called to my husband and I'm like, Hey, I'm bleeding. <laughs> and he like jumps up. And he's like, Oh my goodness. Are you in labor? I was like, I don't know. And then I did, I was having like mild, like period cramps kind of like at, you know, maybe four to five minute intervals. And so I was like, I think that might be contraction. So I called my midwife and she's like, yeah, it sounds like something might be starting. So just kind of like hang tight and relax and just keep me updated as to what's going on. So we went downstairs. I made oatmeal. I love oatmeal. Um, <laughs> I like swept the floor and then we were like, okay, well, let's just go on a walk and like see what happens. So we walked like probably two miles. And when we first started out, um, my contractions, my contractions never really, I mean, they were always about four, three or four minutes apart, like right off the bat, but it was like the intensity that changed. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when we started out on a walk, I could walk through the contractions, like everything was fine. By the time I got back from our walk, I was like having to stop, bend over, like kind of breathe through them a little bit. And so when we got back, um, I can't remember, I feel like Robbie was the one that was like, the contact person for a midwife. Cause I feel like at that point I was just kind of like, I don't want to have to deal with it. Like you can call her whatever you have to, but like, I don't want to do that. So he called her and he was like, okay, well, you know, they're getting a little bit stronger. And she was like, well, go take a shower and just see if that will like help. And then just let me know how it goes. I was like, oh yeah, a shower can feel pretty good right now. So I went and took a shower and that shower, I'm telling you, <laughs> A shower is going to either make or break your labor in a way. Cause you know, like people will say if it's false labor, if you take a shower and relax, like the contractions will go away. Right. And if it's real labor, they'll like get worse <laughs> and they got way worse. I was like, oh my gosh, this is like crazy. And oh. so I was like, I remember getting out of the shower and a contraction hit and I was like holding onto my dresser just like trying to breathe through it and thinking this is going to get a lot worse. <laughs> like, how am I going to do this? So, um, my in-laws came over to pick up our dogs because we have two boxers. 
And, you know, when you don't have kids, your dogs are your kids. So right. you want to make sure that the dogs are taken care of. So they came to pick up the dogs. And I was like making, I, I had decided to make chicken noodle soup and throw it in the crock pot. And so I was like cutting up vegetables and like chicken and stuff like that. But the contractions got to the point where like, I just could not concentrate to cut up the chicken anymore. <laughs> so my mother-in-law had to finish making my soup for me. <laughs> so I was like laying on the couch, like kind of like starting to moan through contractions, like telling my mother-in-law like how to make this soup. And then honestly, the rest of the afternoon was kind of a blur. Like, you know, it was three years ago. So I don't really remember exactly. I just remember um, I labored most of the time on hands and knees in the living room. I pretty much just like kneeled up to the couch for like six hours and just kind of like stayed put. Like I did not want to move. I did not want to like, you know, I didn't want anybody to touch me. I didn't want anything. Um, our midwife came, I think around maybe three 30 or four in the afternoon. And gotcha. Now was your, so were your in-laws still at your house for a no, while? No. Okay. So they picked up the dog. She finished making the soup and then they left. Oh, okay. Because were they comfortable with like, was your, was your mother-in-law comfortable with you? You know, as you're like laboring at home, was she like, oh, this is normal and cool. Or was it like, okay, this is pretty weird. My mother-in-law is awesome. <laughs> like she puts up with so much stuff for me. Like I swear she thinks I'm like the craziest person ever, <laughs> but she just like, she doesn't say anything. She just kind of like goes along with it. That's great. So um, I remember they had a sailboat and so we'd go sailing during the summer. And I remember sitting on the boat, like the summer that I was pregnant and my mother-in-law, cause like in the area that we live in now, it's kind of more like, you know, when you go into labor and you go to the hospital, like all of your family comes and sits in the waiting room. Right. And I just thought like, why would you do that? That's like the dumbest thing ever. Like, why would you sit there and wait and wait and wait when there's nothing you can do? Like wait right. at home where you're comfortable. That's a so great. My mother-in-law was like, oh yeah, we're going to sit in your front porch when we find out you go into labor and like <laughs> wait for you to have this baby. And I'm like, okay, if you're going to do that, we're not even telling you when I'm going to labor because you are not sitting anywhere near our house. You know, you're not leaving your house and you're staying there until we call you and tell you that you can come over. Right. So, I mean, they were fine with it or whatever, but, um, yeah. So like when she was like over here, she like acted completely normal, like, you know, she wasn't overbearing, like coming to like want, you know, try to run her back or, you know, mm -hmm. are you okay? And like get in my face or everything. Like she literally just made the soup. Very matter of fact, like, you know, what do you need? And I told her and she did it and then they left. So yeah. it was great because, you know, I didn't want anybody there, but it was nice to have her there to like help. Yeah. That she, got, she got to be involved in some way as well. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Right. So six hours laboring kind of in the same place by the couch. Yes. And my midwife came, she kind of like sat in the corner and it's funny because the m biggest thing that I remember of the whole entire day is that the Redskins won. Um, we were watching, my husband had football on TV <laughs> and the Cowboys lost. So we were both happy because I'm a Redskins fan by marriage and my husband's a big Redskins fan. And we both dislike the Cowboys. So it was like a good day for that. <laughs> and that's like pretty much the only thing like I really remember, except that the, con the contractions were getting you know, more intense, but I felt like I never felt like they were like out of control or that, you know, there was a point where I 
you know, couldn't get through them. Or I remember telling Robbie at one point, like, I can see why people want to go to the hospital and get an epidural. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, this is getting pretty bad. But with my first, I actually had a lot of back labor. And the back labor was like super intense. And like, I, during contractions, I just felt like my black back was just going to split open. And so that was pretty bad. That's, I think that's probably why I just stayed on my knees because it was just the most comfortable position. Like I can't even imagine like even standing up at that point. So, um, I would say probably around five in the afternoon, six, no, I guess it was probably more around six. Um, I had a contraction and I just kind of like started grunting almost like I felt like I had to push kind of. But I didn't really know if I did. So I was just kind of like testing it. My midwife was like, do you have to push? And I was like, I don't really know. Like, I kind of feel like my body's trying to. I mean, you know, when you get to that point in labor where your body just kind of like completely takes over and you have no control over anything that like anything that you say or anything that you do. Yes. So like <laughs> quite acquainted. <laughs> yes. So like during every contraction at that point, I would just like be grunting like kind of like I was like pushing. And so my midwife was like, well, let me check you really quick. And this was the first time I've ever been checked. I had ever gotten checked. Um, and she was like, well, you're fully dilated, except you just have like one little, like a little lip. Right. And she's like, so if you feel like you have to push, she's like, that's totally fine. If you don't, you know, don't, you don't have to. And so then the next contraction, I gave it a little push, just kind of like test the waters and my water broke everywhere. <laughs> That's really testing the waters. I know. I totally was not expecting that, but it was almost like a relief in a way. Mm-hmm. And I was like, so, and of course we were not prepared at all. Like we didn't have any plastic down, you know, nothing. So it went all over the couch, all over the carpet. Um, and then, so then I was like, okay, well my water broke and I feel like I have to push. So I'm just going to like start pushing and see what happens. Um, and I pushed for like an hour and a half before I had my son. And it, I just felt like I wasn't really doing anything, but I didn't really know what else to do. Right. So I like every contraction I would push and like, I would say probably like the last 30 minutes I could actually feel him crowning, Mm. which also was a terrible, like that for me was the worst part because I would feel his head coming down and out. And then when the contraction would let out, it would go back in and like, it was, I don't necessarily, I can't necessarily say that it like hurt really bad. It was just like the worst feeling almost like, I don't know if this is too, like TMI, but it almost felt like if you are constipated and you know that you aren't finished <laughs> going to the bathroom, but like you can't go at the same time. It's so, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's so similar. That's what, you know, everybody's like, I have to poop. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, oh, it's, it was terrible. And I remember saying like, I cannot have his head come out one more time and go back in. I can't do it. Like it's too, like, I, like I just can't stand it. Mm-hmm. And so um, my midwife had me get into like a runner's lunge mm-hmm. and she was like, that'll help open up your pelvis and then help him like come out easier. Yeah. Underneath that pubic bone. Right. So then um, I think there's probably like three or four pushes after that. Once I did that, Mm-hmm. And she was like, okay, his head is out. Do you want to feel it? And I'm like, no, <laughs> don't like, I can't move. Don't make me move anything. Like I can't, 
I don't have the energy to like pick my hand up. And if I feel like I move, like everything is going to be lost. Like mm-hmm. I'm going to, you know, lose it. And you know, my concentration is going to go. So I was just like, no, I don't want to feel as bad. <laughs> Hey, happy home birthers. Let me jump in here really quickly and let you know that this week's episode is sponsored by Happy Home Birth Academy. And this is a super exciting week for me because just this past week, as I'm recording this actually, it is my daughter Lillian's first birthday. And Lillian's birth is the reason that I created Happy Home Birth Academy. I went from having a strong, difficult labor with my first daughter. It was a beautiful home birth, but it was a tough one to having a peaceful and empowering birth with my second daughter, Lillian. In preparing for that birth, I created some techniques that turned out to work phenomenally for myself and I knew that they would help other moms as well. So that's why I created Happy Home Birth Academy. I wanted to pair that with my other knowledge as years working as a student midwife and now a year and a half of hosting this podcast and learning from other mothers. I wanted to create a childbirth education program that was just perfect for a happy home birth. So If you are interested, go to myhappyhomebirth.com forward slash HHA. And if you are a care provider listening and you think that this could be a wonderful resource for your clients, number one, I don't blame you. You've got great taste. But also, if you'd like to preview the course and consider becoming an affiliate, then just email me at caitlin at myhappyhomebirth.com and we will get all of those details worked out. All right, let's jump back into the episode. I, it's so funny to hear, you know, like sometimes it like, I don't know, it's just every end of like, there's one end of like, yes, yes. I want to feel the head. That's so great. And then the other is like, no, absolutely not. How dare you even ask me? That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Like, yep. And that's how I felt. I was like, how would you, why would you even ask me if I want to do that right now? (laughs) Like, do you see what's happening? (laughs) So, um, at that point I was kind of like, okay, if this baby does not come out, like I am exhausted. I don't know how much strength I have left. So the next couple contractions, I just like pushed with everything I had. And like, I felt things popping and I was just like, great. Like, I'm pretty sure I'm tearing right now. And he came out like probably two pushes after that. And my midwife did say he, she was measuring his head later and she was like, he has a huge head. I mean, like he was built like a football player. He was a chunk. Um, he was loving those football games that were. Yeah, yeah. So once he came out, the midwife caught him. Um, and then I just sat on the floor in front of the couch and held him in my arms. His umbilical cord was super short. So I had to like, kind of like hold him on my lap. And I just remember looking at him and being like, I cannot like, it's so weird because you feel them moving all the time and you like are, you know, your body is nurturing them, like help, you know, feeding them. And so you feel like, you know, your baby and then he comes out and it almost is like, it was a completely different person to me. Mm, Not that I didn't have, like, I immediately felt like that bond with him, but it was just so weird because he he didn't look like anything I imagined that he would look like. (laughs) So I was just kind of like, this is just so like, this is my baby. Right. And so, but I also was sitting there thinking like, this is going to be an only only child because I am never doing this again. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, labor was pretty fresh at that point. Pretty fresh. Yes. Yeah. Um, And I get what you're saying. Like the, it's just the context of, 
this baby has been inside of you for so long. Right. Versus like, okay, now there is a real live baby right Right. on the outside. What on earth is this? This is crazy. Yeah. And I mean, there's actually a face now, you know, because whenever, and I don't know how other people think of it, but when I am pregnant and I like think of my babies, I think of them in a way without faces. Mm -hmm. Like I can imagine their bodies moving and their heads, but I never, ever think about like what their face looks like. Right. So I guess in a way that's kind of why I, you know, for me, it's almost like, you know, I know this baby so well because they lived inside of me for how long, but when they come out, it's like meeting a stranger all over again. You have a face. It's weird. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. Okay. So, so you, uh, immediate postpartum, you're just sitting in front of your couch. Yeah. how, how was that? Uh, I mean, it was off. Like I can't say I felt great after having them. Um, I'm trying to think cause I can't remember now if I started, I think I started, no, they had to have cut. I think we just sat there for a while and, um, my husband was taking pictures cause we didn't have a photographer or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we probably sat there until the cord stopped pulsing and then, cause I couldn't really do anything with him until the cord was cut. Cause it was just so right. short. Right. So then once they cut the cord, um, that's when I had birth placenta and I'm pretty sure on that one, it kind of, it just like basically came like I had a contraction. I was like, I'm having contractions again. And she was like, okay, well, it's just your placenta coming out, like coming down. So that, you know, was super easy. It felt weird. It actually felt super weird, especially when you just like pushed a head out of your vagina and then you have like the squishy placenta that's like nothing. Yep. Um, so then once, um, they cut the cord, I nursed him like right away. Like I just put him right up to my breast. He nursed like a champ, like he went to town. (laughs) And so then when they checked me, she was like, yeah, you have some tearing. She was like, I like to leave the mild tears alone and just like let them heal naturally but she was like I think these are gonna need stitches Mm. and so I laid on the couch and I nursed my son I think my husband held him for a while too but um it took I felt like it took forever to stitch me up and she never said what degree the tear is so I don't know but um it was I I imagine it was pretty bad I also never looked down there at all until like several months postpartum Gotcha. I was just afraid too. <laughs> yeah. That, I mean, yeah, it sounds like big head. You had to get into a runner's lunge. That, yep. Yeah. That, that's, that's intense for the perineum for sure. Yeah. So, um, that night, you know, Robbie's parents came over, his sister and her husband came over, saw him for just a few minutes and we were in bed by like, I don't know, I think like 11 ish. Mm-hmm. And I woke up the next morning and it was just weird because he had woken up at some point in the night and I nursed him. And then I just like let him lay with us. Right. And I woke up and he was like laying there and I just like felt this awe, like, oh my goodness, like this is my baby. Cause I was always a baby hog when I was little. I just love babies. <laughs> and so now like I have my very own baby. Oh, <laughs> so that was a pretty cool feeling. But, um, as far as recovery went, it was hard, honestly, I always thought that like, you know, women had a baby and then you get up and do normal life afterwards. Cause that's what my mom always did. Mm. 
you know, and a lot of stuff that I do, I base after like what I saw my mom do, or, you know, I feel like a lot of women probably do that, but you know, so she, you know, still took care of the kids and did all the housework and stuff. Like she never had a lying in period or anything like that. So when my midwife was like, well, you need to take it easy. You need to stay in bed. I'm just like, no way. Like, this is going to be easy. Like, you know, who stays in bed if they have a baby? Right. So I just tried to get back to normal life, like as fast as possible. And, um, I think it was the second day after I had um, my oldest, I told my husband, I was like, let's just go out for a walk. And I remember <laughs> walking. Yeah, I know. Trust me. <laughs> I remember walking because we have like probably eight stairs going from our front porch down to our sidewalk, walking down the stairs and then walking down the short hill to the end of our driveway. And I was like, this feels so bad mm. but I'm an athlete like I'm used to ignoring aches and pains and like not feeling good and just pushing through and so we walked to the end of the street and this is how bad it was we got to the end of the street and I told my husband I was like I need to go back I was like I can't do this this is like I'm gonna pass out like right here if we keep going mm-hmm. so came back to the house but I still did it like I still ignored like every sign that looking back I can see Right. Uh, yeah. That I had no clue about at that point. Yep. So, um, but so every day we'd go on a walk and we'd go a little bit further every single time. And I mean, when I say I felt bad, like I literally felt like I had run the hardest race of my life. My legs were sore. My butt was sore. Like my perineum felt terrible. Like um, I felt like every organ was going to come out of my vagina. Yeah. <laughs> it was awful but I just ignored it all because I mean I just figured it was normal right um so yeah that's how postpartum went breastfeeding went awesome like I said my son like went to town like every single time I had a huge milk supply which is not necessarily a good thing because <laughs> you know you get super engorged and then you get so engorged that the baby has a hard time latching Right. So I, you know, with, I did struggle with breastfeeding, feeding, not because he couldn't latch, not because I didn't have a milk supply, but because I had so much, mm-hmm. I pretty much had to pump until my letdown st- like started right. I had such right. a strong letdown. And then like, it would be, my breast would be soft enough that he could, he could latch. So that was a learning experience, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah, oversupply is, is, it can be, I mean, very hard as well. Yes. Yeah. Um, but on the other on the other hand, I'm grateful that, you know, I didn't have to stress about, you know, is my baby getting enough or I feel like that would probably be more stressful. Sure. Sure. But, but yeah. 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 So, okay. Whew, girl, I'm like, <laughs> if you could have seen my face when you were talking about it's like, oh no, it hurts. It hurts. It hurts. Like, yeah. It was, it was bad. I, just, I remember with my story, with having my first, I was the same, even seeing all of these women give birth and the, my midwife always saying like, you know, you need to stay in bed, blah, blah, blah. I just, you know, yeah. Okay. But I'm different. Like I'll be fine. Right. Yeah. So, and then I remember when my husband and I decided to go out for the first time, we felt like, wow, we really need to go to target on day four or whatever day it was. Oh and- my gosh. I forgot about that. Cause we went to target the day after I had him. Cause I didn't have any nursing bras. And I felt like passing out that day too. Cause I was like, oh, I was like leaning on the cart, like 
Oh, like, I remember the step out of there. Mm-hmm. The step, like it was like, I was at the back of the store and it was like, Oh, this was the last step I should take. Like, this is the, I need yep. to not be stepping anymore. And I'm right at the store. It, oh gosh. Ooh, yikes. Yeah. So this is great. We're learning. We're learning. Yes. <laughs> Everybody listening, please, please take this to heart. Do not do not think stay that- <laughs> in bed. I'm, I cannot even stress that enough. Stay in bed. Like yeah. it's not worth it. At least oh. for like the first few days, just mm-hmm. stay in bed, enjoy your baby. Like don't, don't rush to get back. To, you have a whole lifetime of getting back to life. Right. Right. I love it. Oh boy. Okay. So you, so, okay. We have your immediate postpartum where yeah. you just went on back to life and yep. did all of the things. Yep. How did that affect the next few months? Was there anything that you can point back to of like, eh, probably would have been better if I hadn't done that? Or did you turn oh, out? A hundred percent. Um, so yes. Well, funny that you mentioned that because I bled on and off for 12 weeks Ooh, and like I had, so I had like the normal, like postpartum ble- bleeding for, I really only bled for maybe like seven days and then it stopped. Mm-hmm. but then I would like do an activity and it wasn't like heavy bleeding. It was more like spotting on and off. That was like super annoying. Right. Like, you know, I do have really light bleeding for a day and then it would stop for a couple of days and then it would bleed again. You know what I mean? It's just like would not end. And so I would bring it up to my midwife and she almost acted like she didn't know why. Like she was just kind of like, I don't understand why you're still spotting. But mm-hmm. she also knew that I was like, you know, I was out walking at that point. I was probably walking back to walking like two miles a day. Mm. And this was probably like at our three week checkup. And then when I hit six weeks, I was like, I want to start running again, but I'm still bleeding. Like what's going on? And she's like, well, if you're still bleeding, like she was like, you know, just go for a run and see what happens. So my husband and I went out for, I think we ran for like a mile Mm -hmm. and like my pelvis felt tight like right kind of like between your belly button and your pubic bone Mm -hmm. that area felt like really sore but I was like I'm sure that's normal because you know it's been stretched out I haven't been running for a while you know it's just like any other muscle that hasn't been working and is now working again so I ignored that started running like three times a week even though I was still bleeding (laughs) and um at this point, I would say I had a lot of heaviness, like my organs were going to fall out hmm. for probably two or three months. Oh, wow. But like I said, I thought it was normal. Like nobody ever said, you know, that's not normal. Like you shouldn't right. be doing that. So I just assumed that like, it was just part of that healing that, you know, it would eventually go away. And it did eventually go away. Eventually it kind of petered off to where I only had it like every, you know, few days to every week or so to pretty much none at all. Right. And so, you know, it never even crossed my mind that there was anything wrong with that. Gotcha. So yeah, I mean, I resumed normal activities. I was doing crunches. I was running. I was doing squats, like literally anything you could think of. I was doing it. Like I even went to this would have been probably like five months postpartum. I even went to, uh, what's it called? It's like a boot camp class with my sister. 
Mm. And they did like jumping jacks and stuff. And I do remember with the jumping jacks, I was kind of like, okay, this feels bad. And so like, but I also didn't want to look like I was like weak or whatever. Right. <laughs> so, it up. Right. Exactly. I just bucked it up and I did it anyway. But I remember talking to my mom like after that and I was like, yeah, the jumping jacks did not feel good. And my, my mom was like, why are you doing jumping jacks? Like, that's so dumb. Gosh. <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean. It's frustrating how, you know, just those, if we miss those first few weeks of rest, uh-huh. you know, you're, you're to a point, you know, like months out where it's like, okay, your body should be getting back to a normal rhythm and things right. should start to be okay. And it's not because right. it was never addressed and never taken care of in the very beginning. Cause you didn't know there was a problem. Right. And like looking back, like I had to go through a period where I felt so stupid because mm-hmm. a lot of people were like, well, that's common knowledge. Like, you know, taking care of your pelvic floor and like, Ooh, that's you know, how did you not know what prolapse was? And, um, stuff like that. I'm just like, how did I miss that? Like I did so much research before having my first that I felt like I was so prepared, but I was so unprepared for the postpartum period. Like so unprepared. Yeah. That, no, I, I totally see that. I mean, I I think that there's been a huge disservice done when it comes to preparing for postpartum in general. So I'm so happy that we're, we're really discussing this today because it is, and I know that I've had another interview very early on in the podcast that talked about pelvic floor health as well, Uh Uh, but it is just, it's so important and it is so often missed because we're so busy preparing for the birth. Right. Yep. And so that, that after part just kind of gets lost yes. and yeah, nope, that totally makes sense to me that yep. you genuinely, I feel like that is how it happens a lot. Just kind yes. of like how people, when, when it comes to birth, there is a whole sector that like, they don't realize that's a thing until they have a, a difficult experience giving birth at the hospital or whatever. Right. And then it's like, oh wow. Like I didn't know about this. Yes. It's, it's the same. It's the same yep. with postpartum. Right. And I know that you can't prepare for like everything or you're not ever going to know everything, but man, I mean, and my midwife told me like, you know, you need to rest, you need to rest more or you need to stay in bed more. But I'm one of those people where like, if you don't tell me why I'm most likely not going to do it. (laughs) Right. Like if she had said, uh, your organs are going to fall out of your vagina. If you don't stay in bed, I guarantee you, I would have thought twice before getting out of that bed. <laughs> a little more seriously. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, I mean, my second recovery was a lot better, but, um, the first one, man, that was rough. Like, and then I was like, also, I was like, what's wrong with me? Like, why am I having such a hard time recovering? And everybody else I know just acts like, they pop out a baby and then they go on resume life as normal. And I'm having such a hard time with like recovering and feeling normal again. So that was really hard for me because I felt like kind of, I don't know, like, I don't want to say weak, but like a failure or like that something was wrong with me, you know? Right. Absolutely. Like trying to keep up the not normal. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, okay. So your second birth, how, what was the, what's the age difference? When did you get pregnant for the second time? So I got pregnant the second time when my oldest, I think right before my oldest turned like 10 months old, they're okay. 19, they're 19 months apart, almost exactly. Yeah. So, um, so really, you know, and on top of that, you, your body didn't have too much time in the right. non-pregnant state before right. it's 
Yeah. More, yeah. more pelvic floor pressure. Exactly. But at that point I was feeling like at that point I felt like I had returned like to normal. Like okay. I felt amazing. I, and it's funny because you know, when I said how I felt like I was going to have only have one child because I would never do that again. Mm-hmm. Well, it took like three weeks and I was like dying to have another one. <laughs> so <laughs> it didn't take long. Right. And we always wanted to have our um, kids closer together because my older brother and I are, I think like 15 months apart. And then he, uh, my husband and his sister are about 18 months apart. So we knew, both knew that we wanted to have like, sip, like the, our kids be close in age. Gotcha. So, um, yeah. And we have never had a hard time getting, like, we basically like talk about getting pregnant and then we would get pregnant. (laughs) (laughs) And then we are. Yes. And that's just how it happened. So I got pregnant with my second. We were super excited. I was like over the moon. And, um, that fall, I don't know. My mom is probably going to be embarrassed if I bring this up, but if she hears this, but here we go, (laughs) here we go. I mean, it's a birth podcast. So Um, that fall, my mom was diagnosed with a uterine prolapse and like a pretty bad one. Mm. And so like, you know, I was shocked when she told me, cause I didn't even like, I'm telling you, I literally had no clue what a prolapse was. Right. So I was like, what, this is what's falling out of your vagina. Like what is going on right now? And so like, you know, she would talk to me about it a little bit and you know, she was like, well, this happened after I had like my fifth or whatever. And they put me in antibiotics because they didn't want to get infected. And then, but it like, after a while it resolved and it was fine. And then, um, it, she hit menopause like the year before. And then all of a sudden, like there it was again. So I talked to her about it and I was like, man, well, I mean, you have to get help like somehow. And I talked to my previous midwife about it because, um, my mom said that her provider said her only way for relief would be a hysterectomy. Mm. And so like, I was like, well, my midwife like doesn't really believe in hysterectomies unless it's like a hundred percent you have to, because you know, it affects the structure, your structure, right. your, your uterus is attached to ligaments that are attached to your abdomen that, you know, help support your abdomen and your core. And so, like I said, you know, like sometimes it's needed, but if you don't have to, you know, it may not be something that you'd want to do or like, you know, think long and hard about. So, you know, through these conversations, I remember telling my mom, like, I should go see a pelvic floor PT because I'm pretty sure I have pelvic floor issues after having Leif, which is my oldest. But, you know, since I was feeling great, you know, it's kind of like, why go to the doctor when you're feeling great? (laughs) So I just like put it off and kind of put it on the back burner. And my second pregnancy was amazing. I ran up until I think about 24 weeks. And I only stopped because I just didn't feel like running anymore. And um, I had a lot of fun, like, you know, being a mom and being pregnant again and, you know, feeling the kicks and stuff like that. And so it went, you know, very smoothly, a lot like the last time, except this time was actually better because I didn't have really any morning sickness. Um, and then... I mean, honestly, there was literally, it was so uneventful. I did go to the chiropractor more the second pregnancy than I did with the first. The first pregnancy, I forgot to mention, my son was posterior, like the entire pregnancy, mm-hmm. last part of the pregnancy. And so like the last couple of weeks, my midwife was like, you need to try to go to a chiropractor and see if you can get the baby to flip. I was doing spinning, baby, spinning babies. 
like nothing was working. I mean, he ended up coming out anterior, but he was posterior, I think up until like labor. Right. Um, so I, this time I was like, well, I'm going to be proactive. So I started going to the chiropractor once a week. So I think starting around like 24, 25 weeks, um, which actually was really nice because with my first, I would get a lot of like mid back pain. Um, like even starting, like even starting around 12 weeks or so, like it was just uncomfortable. I would get like spasms in my muscles, like in my mid back, but I just attributed it to, you know, everything is stretching. It's my first baby. My body has no clue what's going on. And so I didn't have any pains or anything with my second one until I think after 30 weeks, Mm. which was really nice. But, um, yeah, so I went to the chiropractor all the way up until I think like two days before I had them. Um, which I, I attribute to this next labor. So I actually went, so I went 41 weeks with my first and then with my second, I was actually working a different job. I was working for basically contract, um, for a company. So I was home like way more. I was doing my own scheduling so I could schedule myself whenever I was available. So I had scheduled myself up to 41 weeks because I was like, you know, my first went 41 weeks. My second will probably go 41 weeks, <laughs> but you know, you still hope they come early. Right. So I hit 41 weeks, no sign of anything. Mm. And once like I was doing fine mentally until I hit that 41 weeks, but man, those next, I had met 41 weeks and five days, those next okay. five days, I would wake up in the morning and just cry because I was still pregnant. Yep. It was, I just, it was awful. Like I hate, like at that point, I just hated being pregnant and I like would feel sorry for myself. Like why am I the one that always has to go overdue? And everybody else is telling me like, oh yeah, I had my baby at 38 weeks or whatever. I'm like, <laughs> don't even tell, like, why would you tell me that when I'm sitting here at 41 weeks? Or in the grocery store, people will be like, oh my goodness, you look like you're right. Like, when are you due? And I'm like, honestly, Two weeks last ago. week. <laughs> what? Really? <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the last couple of weeks of pregnancy also, I was still biking. Like I would, you know, my husband and I would ride bikes and I would like, I remember telling my husband like, man, the baby must have dropped or something because um, I feel like there's like a, I'm sitting on a ball mm. and like even walking, like it'd be really uncomfortable. Like I'd have like this bulgy feeling and I just was like, the baby must be dropping, like, you know, getting really low. So he hopefully he'll be coming soon. Um, and it wasn't all the time. It was just like sometimes, mm-hmm. but when it did, it was like a really heavy feeling. It felt awful. Like I felt like I could barely walk not because like my pelvis or anything hurt it was just like this bulgy feeling right so there's that which will come into play later um and so on the morning of our second birth my mother-in-law was actually coming to watch my son because um my midwife wanted me to go do acupuncture to help see if it could like start labor because Mm -hmm. she, she was okay with me going past 42 weeks. Um, but she was like, at this point, like, you know, you're almost 42 weeks. Let's just try something and see if something will happen. Right. So I had an appointment that morning to go to the acupuncture, I think at like nine 30. And so my mother-in-law was going to come over 
and pick up my son or yeah, well, I think she was just going to stay here and watch him. But I woke up that morning at seven o'clock. I was making my son breakfast and I had a contraction. I mean, it was mild, nothing crazy, but I was like, oh, okay. Not going to like get my hopes up because, you know, I've been pregnant for like five years now. So, (laughs) um, but yeah, like they started coming these very mild contractions, like every seven minutes or so. So my husband was planning to go, was um, getting ready to go to work and he came down for breakfast. This was a Friday. And I was like, hey, I don't want to get your hopes up or anything, but I've been having contractions and they're like seven minutes apart, but they are like barely anything like, you know, very, very mild. Like, I don't know if it's going to turn into anything or not. And my husband is um, his job. He's like a little bit more flexible on when he can come in you know, as long as he works eight hours a day. So I think he can go in between like 7.30 and nine in the morning. And so um, he was like, well, I'll just wait. Let's go for a walk like we did with Leif when you're in labor with Leif and just see like if it regresses or anything. And if nothing happens, then I'll just go to work. And I was like, okay, we'll do that. So we take our son out for a walk and we just kind of like walk around the block. And they never, they started to get a little bit stronger and they did get down to like five minutes apart. So I called my midwife and I was like, Hey, so I've been having these really mild contractions, but they're like, you know, I mean, they're five minutes apart, but they're so mild. Like, what do you want me to do with this appointment? And she was like, Oh, I don't know. She was like, if I were you, I would still try to make it Mm -hmm. and go because if anything, it's not going to stop what's going on. It'll just help, you know, encourage it encourage what's going on I was like okay so I think the first time I called her it was probably like eight o'clock and then um I went out for another walk I called her at nine because I had to be at this appointment at 9 30 which was downtown Richmond which is probably like a 20 minute drive from our house Mm. and I was like okay they're getting slightly stronger but like I still don't really know like what's gonna happen like I don't feel like I'm in labor but at the same time like I don't want to drive to Richmond and then go into labor and then have to drive back like that was my biggest fear (laughs) like sitting in a car in labor so she was like I mean if you feel like you're progressing then you can cancel your appointment. It's just totally up to you. She was like, if it were me, I might still try to make it. I was like, okay, you know what? Forget this. I'm not driving anywhere right now. I don't care if this goes on for how many days. I'm not going to this appointment and taking, I'm not going to take a chance on this. Right. So I stayed home. My husband decided to stay home from work. Um, He called my mother-in-law and just told her, hey, can you come? Like, you know, she was supposed to come watch him at our house, but he asked her if she could just like pick him up and take him down to her house instead, just in case. So she came by and then my husband decided that we needed like coconut water and drinks and snacks and stuff like that. Which is great for labor to be fair. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And you know, I may have told him, I can't remember how it went, but (laughs) the reason why I worded it that way is because while he was gone, the contractions really started picking up. Of course. And I'm like, what in the world is taking so long? It does not take 45 <laughs> minutes to go get coconut water. Oh, it takes my and, husband. For, if my <laughs> husband goes to the store, he's going to be gone forever. He gets so distracted. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? I have no clue how long it even took, but um, it was really weird because I went into labor around the exact same time I went into labor with my first. 
So I just kind of thought that it would go the same way <laughs> as it went with my first, you know, like, Hey, all day. Hey, I'm going to make chicken soup just like I did last time. Not that I'm superstitious, but I love homemade chicken noodle soup. So mm -hmm. I was like, that's like the perfect after labor meal. So I made chicken noodle soup, threw it in the crock pot. I actually got it done myself this time. Very nice. So my mother-in-law was there, but she was playing with life and the contractions were getting worse, but like nothing, like, you know, I might have to bend over the counter and breathe during a contraction, but it wasn't like any, you know, I didn't have to like voice the contraction or anything. I didn't feel like, you know, they were super strong or anything. At this point, um, my husband had gotten home and my mother-in-law left with our son and it was like 10 o'clock. And I know this because he took a video. <laughs> he took a video of me in the kitchen and he was like, okay, it's Friday, May 4th, like, 10.07 or whatever in the morning and we're in labor and um after that so okay I think it's called the rebozo possibly mm -hmm. yes babies okay so I did a lot of spinning baby research when I was pregnant with my first because I was so freaked out about the posterior thing um so then with this one I had remembered somebody saying that like a good way to get baby in it. Cause I was always like really afraid that the baby would be in a bad position that would cause me to have a really bad labor. So once my husband got, husband got back home, I did a rebozo like myself. So I would like stand up. And when I had a contraction, I would just pull my belly like up mm -hmm. and in and like throughout the duration of that con the contraction. And I did it twice and my contractions went from like mild to moderate to like super, super intense. Mm. Like just like, I mean, within like a contraction, it was crazy. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what did I just do to myself? <laughs> I just and turned it on. Exactly. And I remember like looking at the clock and at this point, like I had tried laying on the couch. I had tried kneeling up to the couch but the contractions were just so intense. There was no getting comfortable at all. And I remember looking at my watch and it was like 11 o'clock and I'm like, it's only 11. Cause I was still thinking, you know, I'm going to have this baby like sometime tonight. Mm -hmm. And so I remember looking at my watch thinking there is no way I am going to last until tonight because these are too hard. Like I can't, I can't deal with this intensity for like seven or eight more hours. Like that's impossible. And so I started to almost kind of get like, I can't do this. Like, I just can't. Like, we're going to have to go to the hospital and get an epidural because I can't handle the intensity of these contractions for like that much longer. And that's when I threw up. Oh, <laughs> I boy. did. I threw up with my first two, which I forgot to mention. So I threw up. And while I was throwing up, uh, my water broke. <laughs> oh, okay. and, um, and this is probably at like 11, 15, 11, 20. And so, well, so I yelled at my husband. I was like, grab the pail. I have to throw up. So, cause I had one ready. Cause I kind of figured that I might throw up since I did the first time. Mm -hmm. So he grabs the pail and he runs over and he gives me the pail and I throw up as I'm throwing up my water breaks. So I'm done throwing up. I'm like, my water just broke. And so he's like trying to call the midwife. And I, for some reason, like I had that sensation that I have to go to the bathroom, but I was like, I felt in my head, I was, I was like, if I can just go poop right now, then I'll feel okay. And I can push this baby out. Yeah. 
like yep. I, that literally was the only thing I was thinking so we have a bit we have a bathroom downstairs in our hallway but it's just like a very very small it just has a toilet and a sink mm-hmm. and so I walk up to the bathroom and my husband's like what are you doing I'm like I just had to go to the bathroom I just need to go to the bathroom <laughs> so I sit in the toilet and I had another contraction and I'm like oh that doesn't feel like a poop <laughs> I felt I reached out I'm like his head is coming out. And I yelled at my husband, his head is coming out. And my husband is like calling midwife frantically, like trying to get a hold of her. I mean, he did get a hold of her. And he's like, her water broke and the baby's like head is sticking out. And the midwife was like, okay, I'll be there. And I just remember standing in the bathroom and I don't remember screaming at all with my first. My husband said I did. <laughs> I would believe him because I think he probably remembers that more than I would. More so, accurately. Yeah, more, exactly. So I was standing at the sink in the bathroom and my husband is like, I'm like kind of like half squatting, half standing. Every time I had a contraction, I would like feel like I had to push and I would just like scream bloody murder. Mm. And my husband is like, lay down, lay down on the floor. And I'm like, no, I am not laying down. Cause he like the, because their bathroom is so small, he was going to try to catch the baby. Mm-hmm but he couldn't like get in a position to catch the baby because there was literally no room in the bathroom. So I think his reasoning was if I laid down that he, I would be like facing out the door, I think. And then he would have like the room to catch the baby. Right. And maybe so, the baby won't drop to the floor. And Exactly. <laughs> so I squatted out one more time. I pushed, I screamed bloody murder again. And here comes the baby. Luckily. So I always like to say that my husband caught the baby, but in real, in reality, neither of us caught the baby. (laughs) 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 And luckily I was squatting. So he didn't, I mean, he just kind of like slid out on the floor. And so, um, he's all good. (laughs) Yeah. My husband was on the phone with the midwife and I picked the baby up and it was so weird because I didn't feel scared. I didn't feel like anything. I was just like, I think I just felt so much relief that it was over and that he was here and he was like, he didn't really cry right away, but you know, he was breathing. He looked, you know, once he like got his breath, then he started like, you know, squealing and whatever. And my husband was on the phone with a midwife and for some reason he just happened to look at his watch to like, and was like, okay, well the baby was born at like 11, I think it was 1137. Oh, and um I was looking at him and I'm like his cord is broken and my husband told the midwife his cord is broken the midwife was like okay well you got to pinch his cord really quick and hold it pinched until I can get there but it wasn't bleeding like it was already white and I think the reason why I didn't like really freak out about it is because you know when calves are born or maybe you don't know, but when calves are born, like their umbilical cord breaks like automatically. Oh, okay. And so it's their cord like automatically breaks and then it's white. And that's what it looked like to me. So like, it was weird because I knew it wasn't normal, but at the same time, like I didn't feel like it was bad. Right. In your brain, it was still. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. I don't know. I don't know what I was thinking. Like who knows if, you know, who knows what we think when we're like in that mindset. So, um, so like I pinched the cord, but I also kind of felt dumb pinching the cord because like nothing, like it was, nothing was bleeding. Mm-hmm. What was so, going on your end? What? 
what was going on on your end? So like, was it, was it broken closer to him? So like, yes, you- it was broken close. Okay. I see what you mean now. He, it was broken closer to him. Um, he probably, there was probably like five or six inches on his end. Mm-hmm. And then I don't, I don't know how long the cord was actually. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it may have been about the same length as my oldest, like a shorter okay. cord. Yeah. Um, so I walked into the living room. I sat on the floor. I plopped him on my boob. I just started nursing. Um, our bathroom looked like a murder scene, according to our midwife's helper. Very nice. Um, so the midwife got there like 10 minutes later, I would say. And, you know, at that point, you know, baby was already nursing. I was feeling great, feeling on top of the world. I already felt so much better than I did after having my first. Like, I felt like I could walk around and feel comfortable. Like, with my first, I could not even, like, get up off the couch without being in, like, severe pain. Right. So, I was already like, this is awesome. Like, I feel great. I feel amazing. I feel like I have all this energy. And I did tear a little bit. I think I had, like, I think they did, like, one stitch. Like, nothing crazy. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, they were there for a couple, the midwives were there for a couple hours. Everything went great. And family came over for a little bit. And that was kind of like life. But because of what had happened with my first, I was a lot more conscious of, this time, I'm going to take it more easy. Right. I'm not going to, like, go crazy. So I spent you know, the first week we didn't leave the house. The first week we didn't leave the house. And the second week we just said like really short outings. My midwife this time had told me like, you know, if you get that heavy feeling, it's your body telling you that you're doing too much. You need to right. stop, sit down and relax. And so I did, I did exactly that. Anytime I had anything close to where I felt like I was going to have that heaviness, I would immediately sit down and just kind of like put my feet up for the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. And I think it was because I did that, like I recovered so much faster. I mean, it was night and day difference between the first, the, between the two births and honestly postpartum journeys. And I think breastfeeding with my second was way easier, not only because I'd done it before, but my milk evened out a lot faster. Like I didn't really have that oversupply that I had with my first. Right. But I also breastfed my first up until probably two months before I had my second. So I don't know if that had something to do with it or not. But um, yeah, so I felt amazing. I only bled for like a seven days again and then it stopped. But once it actually stopped. Yeah. Well, it actually stopped and it stopped for like two or three weeks. And then I don't know if I had a period or what it was. Now there is sometimes moms will have a six week bleed. I had that with my. Okay. Well, I mean, that's basically what it is. But the crazy thing is it came with terrible mood swings. Okay. I mean, it was awful and I hate wearing pads. And so that made me irritated. And I just remember my son, my husband was in the shower getting ready to go to work my son had just woken up and I literally just like went nuts because I couldn't find this pad that I wanted to wear that was more comfortable. And so I was literally like screaming at my husband, like, where's this pad? Like screaming. And then just like breaking down crying because I knew I was acting crazy, but I couldn't control it. 
Mm. And so I felt like, well, I mean, I never had that bad of mood swings when I had periods, but um, I was just kind of like, maybe it's a period because I'm having these really bad mood swings. And, but then like it went away after like a day, mm. the mood swings. It. So I had that bled for like another week. And then after that, so it wasn't like on and off spotting like my first, but after that six week bleed or whatever it was, I would spot for a couple days, like every three weeks. Hmm. I have no clue why. I don't know what it is. My body seems to really like getting back into having cycles right away. Gotcha. I had my first postpartum period with my first right at four months. And then I had my first, what I know for sure was a period at four months postpartum with my second. But I did have that spotting like every three weeks or so in between then. Hmm. But then after my first postpartum period, it just was like clockwork back on track. You know, my body is like, okay, let's get pregnant again. (laughs) (laughs) Start these cycles. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, like the first six to eight weeks was just bliss. Like I felt great. I felt amazing. Um, I loved having to, I just felt like I was like meant to be a mom and like Mm -hmm. meant to have these kids. And so, um, about eight weeks postpartum, I was starting to get the itch to like get into something again. So I saw this thing on Facebook, this CrossFit challenge. Okay. Here we go. (laughs) Yep, exactly. I convinced my sister-in-law to do this CrossFit thing with me. And we had to go to this meeting before it started. And so I told the coach there, I was like, well, I just want to let you know, I'm like eight weeks postpartum. So I don't want to do anything crazy. Like, do you guys have modifications for some, you know, certain things that I would be comfortable doing? And he was like, oh yeah, that's totally fine. He was like, you're already eight weeks. That's not a big deal at all. He was like, we had one mom that worked up until she, that worked out up until she had her baby and then was back like the week after. Well, and that's she's crazy. Totally fine. And I'm like, oh. And I think this goes back to my first postpartum where like I had such a hard time recovering. Mm-hmm. Thinking like, once again, everybody give, gets back to normal life and I have to like take it easy because my body just like can't handle it like everybody else's can. Right. I'm just going to make it. Right. <laughs> exactly. Fuck it up. So I um, did this CrossFit thing. So, yes. Yeah, so my sister in law and I did it together. And so I made it like a Monday, a Wednesday, a Friday, and then that next Monday. And I'm one of those people, I'm super, super, I'm like almost too competitive where I will literally do anything it takes to be better than somebody else when it comes to like (laughs) athletics. And so I was kind of modifying, but not really because I wanted to beat people fair and square, you know, without feeling like I was cheating. (laughs) So they were doing like these V-ups and I knew I should have modified them, and my sister-in-law even said, like, should, I don't feel like you shouldn't be doing these, and I was like, oh, we'll be fine. Well, I started bleeding again after that class, and then, not only that, I felt like a bulge, like, in my vagina, Mm. and I'm like, okay, maybe it's normal, (laughs) and so I started Googling. You know, you gotta love Google. Everybody Googles everything, and I started, like, all these things started coming up about a bladder prolapse, and like my heart just like hit the floor. I was like, this cannot be happening. This is no, like, this isn't what it is. It's like something else, you know, that'll go away. It's something temporary. So I called my midwife and I explained to her what happened. And she was like, yeah, she was like, that sounds like it could be like some sort of pelvic floor issue. 
like, and she referred me to a pelvic floor um, physiotherapist. And the next like probably three months was just awful. Like I cried every single day. I felt like my life was over because you know, in the Google searches, it you says, yeah, it says like, don't lift anything past 10 pounds. You can't ever go running again. You can't ever lift weights again. Like you can't ever do this again. And there was this Facebook page that I joined that was like a, a prolapse page. And everybody on there was like, you'll never feel better until you have surgery. And, you know, I can't ever do this again. And I've been in pain for the rest of my life, you know, stuff like that. And I'm just like, I literally just ruined my life. And I had a really hard time. I, it, like on one hand, I blamed the coach for being so flippant about me being postpartum. Like it was totally fine. I blame myself for like not researching or like knowing I kind of blamed my first midwife for not saying anything when I mentioned like my organs felt like they were falling out and my husband would get, I think he would just get frustrated because he would be like, why are you blaming this coach? Like, you know, you can't just, you can't blame one instance on this happening. And so then I felt like, well, my husband doesn't understand. Like he has no clue. Like he's never going to go through his life feeling like he can never like walk outside and run again. Right. And so, um, I went and saw a PT and like, she was just kind of like, yes, you have, you have like a grade two bladder prolapse, but you can get back to running. Like I have no doubt. And so I like started to have hope again that like, I would actually like feel better um, but my symptoms weren't going away. I was like so obsessed with like checking to see, okay, like, is it get, is the bulge like feeling better? Is it like, you know, getting worse? Is it bulging more? Mm -hmm. I mean, I can't even explain like how, like I thought about prolapse like 24 seven, right? Like, I don't think those first few months, I don't think a minute went by that I did not think about how I felt, you know? how the rest of my life was going to go, like how I did things like bending over to pull laundry out of the dryer made me feel worse. Like walking down the hill on our driveway felt worse. Right. And so like, I just constantly felt like, you know, thought about it. And then, so I was going to PT, but I didn't really feel like it was helping. They were trying to do like a lot of kegels and like getting me back to running and my symptoms like were, were not feeling better, at least to where I thought they would be improving. So I ended up going to, um, have you ever heard of BirthFit? No, actually uh, there are several different ones. So I, okay. I'm not completely sure. Okay. Well, it's something called BirthFit and it's basically like CrossFit type training, okay. but based more towards like moms. Okay. So like, you know, working on getting strong during the prenatal period, but really focusing on strengthening your core without like possibly hurting a diastasis recti or something like that, or like more pelvic floor friendly or pelvic floor awareness. Um, so there was a chiropractor in town that was having the seminar and um, I found it on Instagram and the, she was going to have a pelvic floor PT there. I was like, this could be interesting to go to. And so I went to it and the pelvic floor PT was giving, she had ultrasound 
and she was using ultrasound to look at the integrity of people's pelvic floors. Wow. And so I was like, oh, that looks awesome. And I know, I don't think I ever mentioned this, but I'm an ultrasound tech. So like to me that like, I was just like, that is awesome. And so she checked my transverse abdominals and um, she was like, well, basically your transverse abdominals are like super tight and they're not working at all. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, and she's like, I would say that you probably have an overactive pelvic floor. And I'm like, really? Because that is like not what the first person told me, but I'm a little bit biased, but because she used ultrasound and I could actually see what she was talking about, I was like, but it makes total sense. Mm -hmm. So I switched to this pelvic floor um, physiotherapist and it was crazy because with the first one, it was more like all about the kegels or kegels, however you like to pronounce it. Right. And with the second one, it was more about how can we relax your, like you need to relax your pelvic floor and your core and your transverse abdominis before you can learn to contract. Right. Because, you know, when it's so tense and overactive all the time, it can only contract so much causing it to be weak. So we focused a lot on relaxing the pelvic floor and my TAs. And then we worked on like strengthening. But the crazy part was once I learned how to relax my pelvic floor, my strength was actually, my pelvic floor strength was actually pretty good already. And so I think I went, let's see, I started seeing her in December and I saw her, I basically graduated from her program in March. And that's when she was like, I feel totally comfortable if you want to start like running. Um, So I started running again and I did like, so this would have been last year. And so my youngest turned one last May. And so I was running kind of like on and off. I was feeling so much better about myself and about life. And um, yeah, I mean, I would say by last summer, I was for the most part pretty asymptomatic. Like I would have symptoms like my first couple days of my period. But aside from that, like, you know, I felt almost like back to normal again. And so... For anybody listening who has prolapse and feels like your life will never get better, it can. And do not be afraid to see another pelvic floor physiotherapist because they're not all the same. Yep. Personalities too. You know, like if you don't have a good personality, like a fit, it's almost like finding a midwife. Exactly. If you don't have have a good fit with them and you don't like your personalities don't go together, it's probably not going to be a good like patient, um, what's it called? Provider, patient. Yes. Patient provider relationship. So, um, I was like super afraid to get pregnant again though. So for a long time, I thought that we were just going to have two kids. And like on one hand, I was totally fine with that because we love traveling and let's just face it. It's easier to travel with two kids than three because Mm -hmm. you know, you're a little bit outnumbered when you have three kids. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, right. Exactly. So I did, on one hand, I was like, yep, we're done. Like, it's totally fine. But then on the other hand, I was like, I never imagined only having two kids. And I kind of felt like I lost that, you know, how you feel like, okay, so this is my last one. So I'm going to enjoy this just a little bit more because I know I'll never enjoy it again type right. of thing. And then um, I was talking to my PT about it last summer and she was like, 
like, you know, you're doing really well. She's like, I have no doubt that you would be totally fine going through a pregnancy. And then um, there's this Facebook um, page called Pop Fitness, which is amazing. I think out of everything that helped my mentality surrounding Pop the most. That's awesome. Um, just because there's so many moms in there that are like, you know, going back to their normal lives. And I'm not saying that like, go back to your normal lives and like, forget that you have pop in a way, but right. you know, like it's almost more of like changing your lifestyle to like, you know, changing your breathing, changing your posture to like help your symptoms or it's like improve or help support your pelvic floor, stuff like that. And I mean, it comes like naturally to me now, but it, you know, took time to work on in the beginning to learn. Right. Yes. So that group was like super helpful. And so I was reading posts on there about moms who had had prolapse and went on to have like three and four, sometimes even kids like afterwards with no worsening of their symptoms. Yeah. And so I talked to my husband, I'm like, I feel like we should try. And if we don't get pregnant, it's fine. So like, let's say we try like October through January, if we're not pregnant, then we'll just be done. And it's, you know, it's like God telling us like, you're not going to have any more kids. And I'm like, and I'll be fine with that. But I feel like I'll always wonder if we don't try. Mm -hmm. And so once again, we talked about it. So of course we got pregnant like that month. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I'm 22 weeks now. Well, I'll be 23 weeks this weekend and I feel pretty good for the most part. I've been seeing my pelvic floor PT every four weeks. That's great. And um, I have lost my automatic contraction for my left TA which um, is fairly common, I guess. It, I mean, it still freaks me out. It's still a mental game, you know, but I feel a lot better about it. And honestly, like, I'm glad that we're having a third because I now know that I am 150% done having kids. <laughs> like, this is, this is absolutely our last one. So you get to really experience it. Exactly. <laughs> yes, yes. So... Um, I did have a cough a few weeks ago and that kind of did a number on my pelvic floor and a little bit of a number on my mental state. Cause I'm like, Oh great. Like, here we go again. Like here comes, comes the symptoms and it's going to get worse. But, but it's so nice that you have, you have the support system now. So yes, you know, you'll have this Absolutely. baby and, and you will be able to heal beautifully. After. Right. Yep. And I'm, I don't know, I'm really looking forward to it. And I just like looking back over my last pregnancies and births, I, it's almost like a progression going from a complete lack of understanding on what postpartum was with my first to being more aware and like more kind to my body with my second to this one with my third, like, it's almost like I'm in overdrive, mm -hmm. you know, like a full-time job. Right. And I'm not even really thinking about my pregnancy at all. I'm more like my entire pregnancy, I'm planning for the birth and postpartum. Yeah. Like, that's that's right. like my focus. Like I don't really focus on being pregnant mm -hmm. because I mean, I've been pregnant and this is my prep phase. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like to me, this is like the easy part. Mm. It's going to be the postpartum that I am more like concerned about, I guess. Right. So, wow. well, Chelsea, thank you so much. This, it, it really does bring out just the true importance of understanding what's going on postpartum, right. understanding the importance of rest and how, yeah, I do think that sometimes that just slips 
between the cracks, even with the best of midwives, you know, reminding you, this is why it's important. You know, this is why you need to stay in bed. Um, We don't want organs falling out all over the place. That's not what we want. So, (laughs) so Thank you for bringing this to light, for sharing your experiences and for uh, really sh- sharing that progression, just like you said, you know, yeah, how for having me. this is, it's, yeah, it's, it's a big deal. And yeah. I look forward to hearing from you after baby number three and hearing how you're recovering and we'll have to hear how that one goes as well. Yes. I'm excited to find out how it goes myself. Oh. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, it was such a joy to have you on Chelsea. Thank you Thank so you. much. What a helpful episode. As we jump into today's episode roundup, it's going to be a short one. It's really one thing that we've kind of discussed over and over again throughout this episode, and really it's an emphasis that I like to make a lot on the podcast. That is to take your recovery seriously postpartum. There's so much emphasis put on preparing for birth, especially in the natural childbirth community. I feel like we really are getting to a point where people understand, yeah, birth is something to prepare for. But sometimes postpartum is completely overlooked and we have to remember that our body has grown another human for nine months and then given birth to it. We've got to rest. We've got to recover. And if you notice any symptoms like Chelsea experienced postpartum with heaviness or discomfort, remember to seek out the advice of a pelvic floor physical therapist. They can help you just like they helped Chelsea. So that is all I have for you today. Happy home birthers. I look forward to seeing you back here next week.